0: Go to YouTube and you can subscribe to our, our podcast here, Two Guys in the Cloud, and and our, our footprint grows ever further, Bob. Oh,
1: big reach yes. now. Now people yes. can see Please. our ugly face.
0: I think uh, <laughs> our
1: listeners may go down after seeing us. Unfortunately, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens here.
0: <laughs> I think you're right. Awesome. So, uh, Dylan, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you.
2: It's good to yeah. be here with you guys, and happy yeah. holidays to everybody as well.
0: Yes, yes. Did you have a good Thanksgiving?
2: Yes, I did. It was great. We just stayed at home with uh, the family and twin boys, you know, so it was fun. That is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a, I actually have to say that um, we're in that chapter where all of our kids are now adults. So it's taken on, um, you know, kind of a new flavor Thanksgiving, which includes a little bit more liquor. Um, yes. And that's been <laughs> yeah, that that's been fun. Actually, it's turned out to be really fun. It's a fun chapter. So um it was it was good. Uh, all right. Excellent. So, um, you know, kind of I as I remember, I think we we stumbled on 5G as a topic in a previous conversation. Then we thought, you know, this is way bigger and we should commit some time to it. And I think that's why we're here. Um, and, you know, and I don't know if you naturally make this connection between you know, 5G and you bring up the cell phone and the cloud, but there's a tremendous connection, you know, the more research you do. And I, I guess Dylan, I'm hoping that you could frame it for us, you know, and then we could use that as a springboard. But you know, why why should we be thinking about the cloud if we're talking about 5G and maybe what makes sense is to talk about what is 5G first and kind of get us there. Um, does that make sense? Can we do that?
2: Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um- I can go ahead and just start talking about what is 5G and 5G, I mean, I think 5G is a big marketing term, obviously, like a lot of the stuff we focus on in this world. Um, 5G is a lot of things. So 5G is basically, there's there's kind of multiple flavors of 5G right now. There's uh, low band 5G, which is kind of your typical cell phone tower that you your phone connects to like at normal times like LTE um that doesn't that speed doesn't it doesn't increase the speed much with it when you're talking about low band 5g um so it's it's pretty similar to what you get on the lte plus you know networks today um it's a little faster i mean i've seen upwards of you know 200 250 megabits per second um on those low band 5g networks so that's pretty good um then you kind of take a step up to the mid-band 5g um right now the actual only carrier in the us that has mid-band 5g is t-mobile um, and that will get you a little faster, you know, to, you know, probably five, 600 megabits per second. Theoretically, it could go up to about a gigabit, but most people using that right now are seeing that 500, 600 megabits per second, which is, I mean, pretty amazing when you think about it, even from that. And then you get to the millimeter wave 5G, which is really the big deal, I think. And that's the one that I think has political issues and stuff, because, you know, you have to be very close to the antennas. There's smaller antennas and poles. You have to be very close to them and um, make sure that, you know, you get that connection. And when you walk, you know, a couple hundred feet away, you're going to lose that connection if there's not another little antenna of yeah. the next step you get to. so And that's going to be huge. I mean, that's going to be, you know, upwards. Right now, they're getting between one and two gigabits per second from that. But, I mean, that's really the future, I think, especially in cities and non-residential areas um, where they go things. And I think that's going to open up the connection to... Um, you know all the cloud providers, Amazon, Google, and uh was my mind and Azure, Microsoft Azure to um to actually put uh some of the cloud connections in the cell provider, the telephony provider's location. so you basically, if you have an iOt device or autonomous vehicle. Things like that, they're gonna basically connect straight to that 5G network and then straight into that cloud provider's network for those services that they need. And I think yeah. that's the big connection there for the cloud. That's the huge, the huge leap that we're gonna make over the next five or ten years here with it.
0: So um yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. And what what I, you know, kind of gleaned from some of the research I was doing is first and foremost, it's important to understand with the higher frequency, there's a correlation of bandwidth, right? So as you're talking about moving up in frequency, you know, you're, you're really what you're talking about is as I go up in frequency, I'm increasing the bandwidth that I can get through this, you know, wireless channel, if you will. Right. And, um, and it's, and the first thing to understand is that that's not a small amount of bandwidth. It's a, super significant, amount. it's exponential amounts of bandwidth, right? So whatever we understand as bandwidth today, it's it's fractions of what it could be under 5G, right? So a true 5G as you get into that millimeter component. And then the other thing is that as we move up in frequency, as you're describing, it's, it's not just about bandwidth, it's also about not dropping right and and to your point in order to ensure that you don't drop you need more stations and so when you get to these millimeter components you know the true tremendous bandwidth you know today we think about cell towers and that's the way we go from cell tower to cell tower without dropping but in order to support a real you know five true 5g environment we need to think about you know very 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 tightly spaced cell stations you know that would be very tightly connected And so that's your political statement, you know, how do you actually logistically pull that off from a real estate perspective? But if you do, then you're providing an environment of tremendous bandwidth. And then the other facet I I thought I gleaned from it was that part of 5g isn't just about this tremendous bandwidth but this incredibly uh low latency period so that you know there is no I mean in effect there's no latency it's like one I forget the fraction it's like a ridiculous fraction and it's the kind of thing that could support things like autonomous cars um which is that to me is where it clicked you know it's sort Mm of okay now I get it you know I can have a safe autonomous car well, certainly I can't have a safe autonomous car if I drop. <laughs> you know, I mean, that scared me. Actually, when I read it, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> what happens if they drop? You know, I mean, it's, right. it's terrible. But, like, to me, that's, that was the first step I needed to really correlate between the frequency and the bandwidth. and And then it was the cell towers, which I thought was fascinating in all of this.
1: Yep. So, guys, do you think when we get to that millimeter speed, right, which may take, it sounds like, four to five years, and probably it's going to be more major cities, but if we get there, do we, are we going to have a need for home broadband any, any longer with that type of technology available, or will that be able to run all of our devices that we have in our home without needing broadband anymore? Yeah,
2: I think, my, my opinion on that one is, um, and this is probably, some people will probably say you're crazy, but um I actually think that, you know, it might take 10 years to get here, but I think, you know, eventually my thinking is that, you know, basically you'll have a personal interconnection. You won't have a home broadband connection anymore. You won't have, you know, routers and Wi Fi access points in your house. You'll basically have a single device that connects to a 5G network that basically you'll walk into your office, say your home office, you'll pop that device down on the table or whatever. That'll connect your keyboard, monitor, mouse, whatever it is, and you'll start using that. You know, that might be a touch screen in the future, or even in your living room, you'll pop that down and it'll connect to your TV probably wirelessly by that point. And you watch the movie or the TV show or streaming media that you want to do from there. And basically you become this just one little device that you carry around with you. It's probably be your phone or a piece of glass or something. Still, I don't think that's going away. I think a lot of people say, you know going to go to audio or glasses or something like that i don't i've never really believed that but i have believed that there is you know going to be a personal device that you basically does years but i think in 10 years that's my opinion might happen might not i don't know we'll see but that's kind of what what, where my thinking is
0: and and wait till that device is physically embedded within you (laughs) i I mean you know because i don't want to forget it (laughs)
1: Just put it in my neck, and it'll be fine.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think that that's – to me, this is one of the things I love about this business is, you know, when you can start seeing these radical changes and then just trying to start to forecast, what will it kind of look like? What will it – you know, and for example, one of the things that they they really focus on when you talk about this massive broadband that will come with 5G is the fact that it will enable – Internet of Things devices to be able to communicate data back and forth between the cloud, massive amounts of data. Like today, we don't have the the kind of data streams that come from these devices that we will have under a 5G environment. And then, you know, the second part to that is the artificial intelligence that will be, you know, that is in the cloud, right? grabbing all that data exponential amounts more of data than we have now and then being able to you know kind of massage that data in whatever way god knows you know we have not figured that out yet and then there's an outcome right and like to me that's the that's the question that's the that's the dialogue you know it's like what is that going to look like you know what are the devices that will really take advantage of it or not even the devices but the experience that'll take advantage of it using those devices and that ai and to me that's that whole to me that's the new world that's the frontier you know like what does that conversation look like and being creative enough to take advantage of it somebody will you know somebody will do something with that you know and that that to me is the fascinating part
1: yeah definitely you know, some of the research that um, we did for this um, podcast is there we're talking about uh, doctorless surgeries in the future yeah. or having a doctor, you know, you're in Boston and having a doctor in California um, do a surgery with, you know, automated surgical tools and that is a little scary right there <laughs> you know, I, I'm all for having the best in the world expert work on you but I'm not sure about you know you know he's having a bad day in LA or something like that and you're in Boston having surgery I boy, that is that is some futuristic stuff right there but it, just really interesting things that, that can be done with with true power of 5g and what's interesting and Dylan to your your point earlier right? when you know the cell companies um are advertising 5g i i've always considered it to be one thing right there's so many different levels of 5g yeah. it's it's almost like they should be called different things um because it is it's really uh misleading to me um on the different levels of 5g and, and once we get to that really that millimeter tier that is going to be uh you know significant uh, so incredible stuff that could be developed out of this and you're right this really is the future so exciting stuff yeah. i don't know about the surgery so I, I, gotta, I gotta hold. Up. yeah
0: no i mean i think that gets back to the latency thing you know like <laughs> you don't you know you don't want a doctor needing to wait or pause because of that's late. right yeah but um yeah so interesting so you know dylan what do you think in terms of if you kind of put in the crystal ball you know or if you look in the crystal ball what do you think? I mean, what what are we what can we look forward to, or what do you think may come, you know, from all of this?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's it's well, a lot of things coming. I mean, like I said before, I think the you know the user computing point is going to change a lot. And I mean, the good example was you know you think of like what you know you look at what the cloud providers are doing now, right? And we bring this back to the cloud providers, and you know you think of Microsoft with Windows Virtual Desktop or Amazon with Workspaces or you know, I'm sure Google will come out of the cloud, you know, they see the writing on the wall, you know. I think, I really truly think Microsoft, especially Microsoft and Amazon, sees the writing on the wall that computing is becoming a personal device. It's not, you know, your end device. So if you look at a company like Apple, you know, it was interesting to hear, you know, I was listening to one of the podcasts that I listen to regularly, and they were talking about, you know, Apple and Microsoft, and they were talking about, well, Apple and Microsoft really aren't competitors anymore. And if you really think about it, they are, you know. Apple is making a end user device that is very personal to people, you know, and Microsoft is focusing on the cloud, you know, cloud services, the back, you know, kind of the back end of all businesses running there. And and if you look at the way things are moving, you know, basically what's going to happen in my opinion is you're going to have this personal device, whether it's, you know, an iPhone or what it is in the future, an Android device. It's probably going to be one of those flavors because, you know, people have to accept nowadays that Apple and Android are kind of the kings of the world when it comes to mobile, and that's where these things are going to come from. So you're going to have this personal computing device, and then you're going to connect to the cloud. You connect to your work. You're going to connect to the monitor. Um, if there's still legacy applications around, then hopefully there isn't, but there probably will be. Knowing <laughs> knowing what I know and what we do every day, yeah. um, you know, you'll connect then into some Windows virtual desktop or some cloud. You know computer compute to basically do most of those work those workloads that you run now and most of those business applications and businesses will't need to be sending out people laptops and sending out people things and giving them the devices because these people will just be connected from that one device over a 5g network you know so that's kind of the the world I see coming into play from the business side of things and what we kind of do at insight every day but um you know there's also a huge other world out there you know there's the personal world where there's the vehicles we talked about autonomous cars you know the latency there you know in iot devices you know some people might cause this you know scary or things but there's going to be you know sensors and cameras and all these other things that are connected to 5g to basically amass that data into you know mass data pools you know that then basically analytics and ai will go through that and basically um pull out the things and basically be able to analyze data at a much quicker level and get a lot more data to analyze Mm -hmm. so we can, you know, solve some of these issues that we have today. And I think, you know, some people might say, yeah, that's big brother. And, you know, you know, I don't want this. I don't want cameras watching me. But when you think about like what we're going through right now, the pandemic, you know, if if these sensors can collect, you know, you know, and this might be scary to some people, but my opinion, if we can use this for the good of people, you know, collect, say, for example, collect people's temperatures, right? They collect temperatures and they can track that and they can actually pull that and they say, okay, these people, have. they can figure out, you know, how, how much without even testing for people for, you know, some sort of disease or pandemic that we're going in the future, they can amass how many people have it or how many people, you know, guess, you know, a better guess at what the infection rate is on those things and stuff like that. And yes, some of that yeah, is actually, scary. That's a, say yeah. That, that's but, a, like,
0: yeah. But, I, I love that, that infectious disease angle, you know, the fact that we can, you know, gather data at amplified rates, you know, much more data, use that to create better. I mean, it's like anything else, you know, it's there'll be better outcomes and there'll be less than ideal outcomes with this right. new, you know, framework. Um, question for you, when, it, when again, in the research, one of the things that I gleaned from it was some impact to battery life, that there was this element of extended battery life tied to 5g which i don't get what's the what's the angle on that
2: so right now it's just because the 5g modems are so new that they basically you know they're going to basically be connecting that 5g and it's, it's a lower frequency they just haven't so the chips that are running the 5g devices right now haven't caught up to the you know it's just like any technology it hasn't caught up and it basically just you know that decreases the battery life on that thing so I mean, they're working on that, they're getting better on that. And there's gonna be, you know, you know, like you look at the new iPhone, right? The perfect example is you're gonna what Apple did is actually very smart. They built in something into their new iPhone where they you basically it's on by default, you can turn it off if you want to. But basically what it does is it it looks at what you're doing on your phone. So if you're just streaming music or you're, you know, listening to a podcast or something like that, it's actually gonna and you're on battery, it's actually gonna fall back to LTE right now. So it actually saves battery life there because it's not using that 5G signal that drains the battery. I mean, it's more, it's mainly just, you know, that thing. So I think if right now in this world, I think if companies do stuff more like that, then the battery life isn't gonna take take a significant hit. Obviously, if you turn that off and you say 5G only, you can do that, then, you know, it's gonna take a battery hit. But I mean, it's really just, I mean, the frequencies that we're using and then the technology and the chips that we're using just, you know, cause a lot more power for the device to be used when you're on a 5G network. So, I mean, and that will change. So they'll fix it. They've already got better, you know, in the past year or so. And so I think we'll be at equal battery life on 5G and LTE in about a year or two. And, you know, eventually we'll get better and better You know.
0: Yeah, it's amazing in terms of, you know, where there's always an Achilles heel. There's always this chain of events where there's the one component that's a little bit, you know, is the Achilles heel for a period of time. And then it takes a quantum leap and then Murphy's Law, you know, kicks in for something else. And, you know, and it always seems to be around power bandwidth processing. You know, it's like those three things and they continue to just continue to iterate and evolve forward sort of fronts. It's really kind of amazing.
1: Yes, definitely. You know, one of the things that I I found interesting in the research and something that I think is interesting but scary is the driverless vehicles, right? Um, To me, that has been an incredible leap in technology. That's something I really thought I would never see in my lifetime. And the advances over the last five years in that industry is incredible, Mm -hmm. right? From where we've had to now many of the new cars on the market have some type of driverless, you know, setting. Um, You know, obviously you need a driver there, but we're getting to the point where you won't have to have somebody in that driver's seat. And I can see in big cities, Manhattan, Chicago, um, all over the place, is that these become very, very common. And it's scary. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in an age where you drove a vehicle and you were responsible for it, where we all are, and having a driverless vehicle is scary, but, at, you know, having that technology and having that 5G technology that can show, you know, how close you are to a different car or, um, you know, you have to pick another route and those kind of things. To me, from a safety standpoint, in my mind, make that much more um, applicable to, to doing something along those lines, because right right now it's, it scares the hell out of me. But if we get to a point where that technology becomes super safe, then you know I think that is a, a real doable technology, and we'll see that more and more in big cities uh, across. But you know, having I, the research I was doing that Elliot sent out was like being able to show how close you are to a different car. Um, you know, being able to to be, uh, you know, have those safety measures that five G will enable is is pretty incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the sorry, Elliot, you want to go?
0: No, no, shoot.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So,
2: I mean, I think that's the big thing about five G is that right now we have you know all these cars like Tesla and you know I've all heard about you know some of these accidents that you know some of these people have gotten into because they're not paying attention. Yes, the technology is not there yet, but The big difference that 5G is going to come is that all these cars are going to be connected to this network. And then that changes things dramatically because this car, you know, in front of, you know, will know that this car and exactly how far apart they are, it will understand what this car is seeing. You know, if there's an accident, you know, up the chain a little bit, it will actually understand that. Oh, wait, I need to slow down now. I need to know all this stuff. So we'll actually all these cars become smart at this point with 5G for the latency that 5G has it's gonna basically change the this picture dramatically because all these cars become connected into almost, you can think of it as like a big mesh network almost. And then basically they all communicate together and they know what's gonna happen. So when you think about that, I mean, that's gonna change the game of this and it's gonna make things much safer on the freeway. I mean, my opinion is I know people, I argue with people with this all the time is even now, you know, I would tr- I would trust a computer over a human driver, you know, personally. Just because I work at computers, and people wouldn't.
0: Yeah, if you drove with my kids, you'd really feel the same way. I mean, (laughs) I I agree with you. (laughs) Um,
2: But then, but then adding that sorry, adding that five G flavor in there, where all these cars are actually connected and understand what's going on with each other, that even makes it you know a thousand times more safe than it is today.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The, um, you know, and I just can't keep getting over the idea of, you know, like individually, if we all have that one universal device with us, you know, that that will add to that safety component, too, you know, in terms of cars being able to identify individuals and, you know, maybe even if there's individual driving, if their health condition deteriorates, that has some effect on the car. I mean, you could kind of begin to model out all these different ways. One of the things that's been interesting to me with the, um, you know, the pandemic has been, I think you know this general migration from cities to the suburbs to rural areas and I think a lot of it's been enabled by technology in the sense that hey I'm going to be working from home anyway I can live wherever I want there's a certain real estate benefit to living out in the you know rural area or suburbs I'll get more for my dollar that's why I think we're seeing um, you know I don't want to see a migration but you know people moving away from big cities like New York and Chicago and so forth and actually, I love Chicago and I was getting a little worried about the future of the city, you know, and have been. But hearing this conversation, it almost helps me think in the other direction in the sense that in order for five, really. It's there needs to be a concentration of community and there needs to be investment within that concentrated community in order to have those spots, you know, those um, you know, call spots that we keep calling that won't work as well in a rural area and you know suburban areas. So it almost adds to the vision of the city. Um, And I think that there's this really remarkable relationship between city urban development and technology that continues to sort of go back and forth and this is just another example of it. You know, it almost makes me think that there's an opportunity that in that direction, you know, with the city as it relates to 5G somewhere somehow.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think I mean, I think there are going to be, you know, the cities are going to struggle a little bit with this pandemic, because I think there's going to be a lot of office space that opens up. But I see, you know, I see this, you know, changing that as well. You know, I think, you know, it's going to help, you know, reinvest cities uh, into some infrastructure that will help them, you know, build with their next phases. Yeah, Um, I still see city centers as a center of business and a Center of place, but I don't see it as what it was in the past. I see it and this is always my opinion. I think the pandemic accelerated this, but I think I always thought in about 10 years in that time we'd actually start seeing more people working remotely, more people working from home. Cities would have to change more of a center of place. So, I mean, I still see businesses having smaller offices where they have to gather in-person meetings once we're out of this pandemic and like, you know, have they, still people want to, you know, have in-person meetings, have small places to work get out of the home every now and then to actually do that. And I see that's where cities are going. So it's more going to be like a kind of a, you know, I'm sure there'll still be a lot of people who want to live there, you know, still going to be, there's going to be some struggles with restaurants and bars and obviously the, those things for a little, for a couple of years probably is my guess. But as we get in there, you know, I think that's going to change. I also think I see the, and you know, where I'm going with this getting back to 5G is basically what I think is we get to this personal, we have this device. Um, if you look at what a lot of people are doing during this pandemic, you know, a lot of people decided, ah, oh, you know, I'm working from home now, so I'm just going to go and fly to Hawaii for six months and live there and just work from there. You know, I think it's Don, you know, a little yeah, crazy, but I know some have
0: done that. I know, <laughs> a wonderful idea, jeez.
2: Um, and like, um, and I think you know, people probably have to bring you know, monitor all this other stuff with them. If they could just walk into an Airbnb in the future and basically say, I'm going to work from here for the next couple of months, you know, they can connect that one single device, get on the internet from 5G, and they're basically done. They don't have to think about that anymore, you know. And that will change, I think, that dramatically. And I think that's where things were going, anyways, in my opinion, with the cloud, with technology, where it was going. Pandemic obviously made people work from home more, made people work remotely. They're working from anywhere now almost. And basically this just opens up a whole new world for that, is that they can basically go anywhere they want to, as long as they have that 5G connection and that connection on a device, and they can work from anywhere. Companies I think are gonna be more open to that now. And you know, I think the definitely the next generation is, you know, more that anyways. They, they don't do that. So going back to cities, I still think you know, these people, even if they lived in, you know, the suburbs or rural areas their companies are still going to be have a central location in the cities they're still going to come to the cities at some point to like work and do some stuff they might you know rent an airbnb there for a month or you know so so what i'm saying is cities are going to change dramatically i think
0: yeah
1: but,
2: you know but it's going to be you know more of a connected city it's going to you know have more features and you're going to be able to you know go go to different places at all times and you know when you want to especially that younger generation that's you know you know up in the workforce before they have what they really place
0: yeah yeah there's definitely i think there's this sort of matrix between what does 5g enable and what would it enable within an urban environment and that's the you know that's the top right hand quadrant you know in terms of understanding what cities will look like in the future is asking ourselves what would 5g enable because it'll enable it first and foremost within cities. And whatever that is, it's gonna it'll be that that recreate. That's what the city will look like. That will be the recreation of the urban environment. You know, which is, I think, a new conversation. You know, and fascinating. Um, but if we did, then we could maybe move to Hawaii and work from or play play in Hawaii forever. That would be wonderful. Um, yeah, no, super, super.
2: Uh, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that's gonna come into play with this is. Since so millimeter wave is probably going to be obviously deployed in cities, that's mainly the only place it is right now. Is in cities. It's very small radiuses of those cities as well. Um, but when millimeter wave is, you know, deployed to all these cities. It can open up like that, and get here. It can open up almost that future that we see in movies now, where you know you live in a city, you don't really own a car at all anymore. You know, parking doesn't matter in a city anymore. You know, you eventually call a car, a car comes up to you, you get in. There's nobody driving it. And mm-hmm. you put the location, and you go recall. to the location. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: Total yep. recall.
2: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be that's gonna, definitely going to be in the cities first. You know, for for sure. You know, but um, and that's going to be a big change in the cities as well. You know, it can open up more. I think greeneries and parks and a better city li- uh, living for people who actually live there at that point. Yeah.
0: It's a cool vision, Dil-
1: Dylan. How um, you know, from a technology standpoint, five G is going to open a bunch of new doors for things we, we're not even thinking about right now that mm-hmm. someone smart is going to bring to the table. Um, how hard is it to develop, you know, new applications for 5G and things along those lines. You know, I, I go back to an analogy that um, I I grew up in the Detroit area. To get new technology into a car, you almost had to think 10 years in advance because mm-hmm. it took so long to get just something Ridiculous, like a CD player into a net new car, right? So, when you're talking about you know this game changing technology, how quickly could somebody you know become the next Elon Musk or do something along those lines that that drive you know something brand new? What what what's it like? Is uh, from a development standpoint and timeline?
2: Um, I mean, it depends. It's hard. That's a hard question. Um, it could go, you know, any way, basically. I mean, someone could come up with an idea now and you know, do that, but I don't think, you know, the technology is really there yet to be able to do that. I think, you know, we probably need, I mean, if someone came up with it now, I don't think it would really catch on for another five years or so, because, you know, if, it, if that, whatever they develop needs that bandwidth and that technology to be there, um, you know, that, that infrastructure needs to be put in place first, you know, that um, I think, there's a lot of things that need to happen before that happens. I think, you know, obviously we need to figure out rural areas a little better right now. I mean, rural areas right. still have, you know, the cell coverage isn't good there. I think the government needs to actually entice these companies. Truly, they've had some enticements in the past, but they haven't really worked. They really have to push these companies to actually install the infrastructure in places that needs to be, um, before we can even talk about, you know, development of something. But I mean, if we're talking about cities only. Um, and stuff like that then you know there's some infrastructure there now but i think that really needs to be fixed before someone could even develop a game-changing kind of application or something for that
1: gotcha um
2: so you know once that that infrastructure is there i mean i think that could be pretty quick i think someone if someone comes with an idea and they can implement that and the devices are there the technology is there and the infrastructure is there to lay it on top of then you know someone probably could become uh an elon musk really quickly i mean Probably in the next five years or something, you know, similar to that. Right.
0: Although um, it took, it took Elon Musk a bit of time to get where he is, yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah.
1: oh, right.
0: Yeah. He's I mean, got I think... as much
1: money as Gates now. I just read. Yeah. He's, he's the second,
0: uh, he's Oof. only under those. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: I mean, I think to your point, Bob. You know, some of this is where where innovation takes place and what it attaches to. I mean, I think innovation, if it attaches to a very mature industry like the automobile industry, it takes time. You know, if it's a net new, you know, born in the cloud type concept, you know, it probably takes less time. You know, it depends on what it's attaching to. Um, and I and I, you know, and, and but I think that the infrastructure maturity conversation is real as well. Like the way I, you know, as I was reading it, what I get, what I gathered from it is sort of part of part one is how many 5G phones are out there. And, you know, in the United States, I think the number was something like 9%, you know, by the end of the year. And that, you know, maybe by the end of 2022, it's something like 46%. So you see this big leap, Um, you know, so that's sort of part of the equation. Then the other part is, you know, the, the frequency, uh, you know, like the frequency level of the 5G, right? You know, earliest point, you know, right now, um, I want to say it was AT&T that was calling their 5G 5G, but it really wasn't 5G. It was really sort of an enhanced LTE kind of thing, you know, which meant that, you know, yeah, I was up a little bit on the frequency food chain, but it was nowhere near, you know, what we're talking about in terms of true 5G, you know, and sounded like T-Mobile was furthest ahead in terms of their investment structure. But, you know, it's sort of, you know, at some point 5G becomes relatively realized, right? And Maybe the millimeter number is not the first number to think about, but it's somewhere a little bit south of that. Um, and who's going to get there first, right? Yeah. And I don't know what that number is from a frequency perspective. I mean, where, where do you see the break point there, Dylan? You know, in the sense that where, where's that frequency where, yeah, we're getting really, we're getting really close to 5G value here in terms of bandwidth and latency.
2: Um, the actual frequency number exactly.
0: I don't know, I'm guessing. That, like, you know, no. like today if you look at frequency, mm-hmm. it's at a certain number that's um, you know, four G or mm-hmm. you know, enhanced five G, right? right? But you know, somewhere between there and millimeter is another number where there is band. That's the mid know, the band, band
2: was, the mid band yeah. Yeah, the
0: mid the sweet spot. They yeah. talked about that yeah. exactly right. Yeah. The mid band. What, yeah. what 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 that what is that number? I for, um for...
2: I don't remember off the top of my head what it is actually. Um but I'll we we can talk about that later. Um, I mean, so basically, yeah, the mid-band is you know the the bandwidth number is about four or five hundred megabits. It can get up to a gigabit. I don't mm-hmm. remember the actual frequency range that it uses. I think it's like I want to say the three or four hundred megahertz, megahertz or two hundred megahertz, but I can't remember exactly what. Okay, that is. but I'm it's looking, so, it was... I'll be looking that up. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, it's it, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. And it, but but you're yeah. talking about when you talk about the megabits, that's the yeah. you know the the bandwidth equivalent yeah. from that frequency, and that that's when we're getting to real, you know, maybe real functional value, a real functional exactly. leap from where yeah. we are today. And, yeah. you know, I am i guess I read that as thinking that we can get into that mid-band sweet spot within the next maybe year or two, you yeah. know, sort of the way I'm reading that. So somewhere between phone adoption, you know, getting to about 50% by the end of 2021 and mid-band, you know, uh, capability by end of twenty-one. We're maybe looking at a kind of a 5G ish world in 2022, you know, like something oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And okay. I think, and there are all the three, the three major providers are all doing this differently. Obviously, T Mobile really benefited from that Sprint acquisition because they yeah. they Correct. had all that mid band frequency and, you know, none of the other providers really had it. So, T Mobile has been able to roll out that mid band frequency and, you know, people are seeing on an average about 500 megabits per second, you know, maybe upwards of gig, like I said. Um, and then they're also rolling with the low band five G to everybody, like you know, AT and T has as well. So, if you look at the really three providers, they have different ways of doing it. So you've got like you know, T Mobile doing that with the mid band and the low band. They're only just now going to start rolling out millimeter wave. They have no millimeter wave at all. So they kind of th- looked at this a little differently. That the mid band, which I can see, you know, was more important to them, because they can cover a pretty Bit, significant portion of the United States in that mid-band already with the Sprint acquisition and get that rolled out and then do millimeter yep. wave, which was, you know, obviously an up-and-coming technology. Then you got AT&T, who, you know, has the a lot of the shared spectrum with LTE and, um, and um, low-band. So their low-band basically covers the same amount of people as T-Mobile does right now. I know all the providers like to say, you know, we cover more people with 5G than this company, but it's like that's all marketing gimmick. They all about cover the same amount of people when it's talking about low band because they're all really comparing low band when they talk about that
1: Um, yes
0: yep
2: um and then at&t also has you know what you said is they had this their marketing term 5ge which was really the enhanced lte which everybody has they just called it 5ge which was ridiculous and they actually stopped it's still labeled on phones but they kind of stopped advertising that because they said okay this they kind of cut a lot of slack for that and stopped advertising thankfully but and then they have 5G, which is their low band 5G, and then they have 5G plus, what they call it. Everybody likes to have marketing terms, which is their millimeter wave. And they're deployed millimeter wave, in, you know, probably about, I think it's like 35 cities or 30 cities or so. And then you have Verizon, who kind of did the, the opposite of everybody else, is they deployed millimeter wave first. Um, in only cities, they're in about 55 cities with a very small footprint in those cities. You have to remember that. Yes, they're in 55 cities, but that, City could only have one block that has millimeter wave support right now, so it's like, okay, you're in a city, you can go to this one block, and you kind of you read some news articles from tech reporters, and you know they search out this block that has millimeter wave in these cities. So, and Verizon actually then went backwards, and then they deployed low band five G, which is very recently, and they blanket about the same amount of people that AT and T Two Mobile do. Um, neither AT and T or Verizon right now, which is kind of odd to me, have any mid band five G at all deployed um they actually don't and they kind of the problem there is they they got caught in having to support you know kind of the Microsoft almost issue is they got caught in supporting legacy technology so they still have to support their old 3G networks and stuff like that AT&T has announced that they will kill that 3G network I think in 2022 February of 2022 and then that's a lot of the midband they can actually steal from that and then use that and then there'll be some newer auctions from the FCC to actually allocate some more mid-band range to verizon and at t at this point probably um obviously if they win that auction i think they lost the last auction to some strange company i've never heard of but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so that's kind of that,
0: that was okay so that made me think about another thing which i thought was again fascinating was the the foreign threat element to this so you know like for example one of the global, um, you know, leaders in 5G infrastructure manufacturing is, and I'm going to, I always want to say Hawaii, but it's the Chinese. Um, Huawei. Huawei, that's it. Yeah. I want to say Hawaii, but it's not Hawaii. It's all right, <laughs> okay. And, you know. You got thinking about and, Hawaii
2: on your mind now. You just you can't get, get out of that can you? <laughs> I
0: can't, I can't. Because, Same here. I, I, I live in Chicago, <laughs> that's why. But, um, you know, Huawei is one of the leading Industry, you know, 5G manufacturers in the world, but there's tremendous concern here, at least in the United States, that if we deploy their technology, you know, it's some sort of direct feed to China from a data perspective. And, you know, that's a security risk, which kind of makes some sense. Right. So, um, you know, there there is this challenge in that we want to be a 5g economy, but we're not creating the global leading 5g technology and we can't bring it in because of the security threat. And I I mean, honestly in my lifetime, this is one of the first moments where the United States is not the industry leading producer of, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting edge technology. It's the first time, you know, like I, it's always been that we've always been in front from a technology innovation perspective and it's, it feels like a very vulnerable moment for us that we're not, you know, and you would think it'd be a great opportunity for somebody like, and I'm making it up, like a Cisco, you know, like that or some other one of our, you know, leaders in that space because we need it for our business and our industry. Um, yeah. I, I just found that fascinating that, you know, there, there's this, you know, again, this tension between security and technology and innovation and economy. And we've always sort of taken it for granted, but this time, not really. Um yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts on that?
2: No, yeah, I agree. I actually agree with you. Um, I think Huawei is, I mean, I think some of it is a little overblown. Um, I think it's a little conspiracy theory, a little bit. But, you know, there is legitimate uh, security risk as well there. I mean, I think,
0: Yeah, I agree you know,
2: that. a lot of Chinese companies do have direct ties, especially big ones, to the Chinese government. You know, and if the Chinese government wanted to put some sort of backdoor, you know, in that hardware, and then shipped it over here, they could you know access the entire 5G network if that hardware is in here. So I think there are some legitimate concerns there. I think some of the concerns might be a little overblown, but I think there are because I mean, UK also announced that they won't be putting Huawei equipment in their 5G networks either. Increasingly, so I mean, it is you know obviously a legitimate concern, but you know we have to think you know we have to look at those and figure that out. You know, and then yeah, there's like you know Nokia I think is another major one for the 5G. So you got you know a lot of European Chinese companies that are doing this. I feel like Ericsson is one of them too, but um, yeah, you're right. There's no American company that's really making this 5G equipment that's gonna, you know, actually run the, you know, it might be in the back end of the 5G networks or the, you know, switching stations and stuff like that. There'll be American equipment there, but for the actual 5G technology that's running the, you know, towers and the millimeter waves, you know, there's nothing there. Um, And it is a strange place to be, you know, that we are usually in the forefront of this stuff, at least Designing the stuff here, you know, it might be manufactured in another country, mm-hmm. but we typically at least design and create these things in the United States. And now we're not doing that at all. You know, they're being designed, manufactured, and everything in
1: different countries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a moment in time. You know, I hope that we can remedy. Um, what do you think, Bob?
1: No, I think it's, it's good. You know, I was looking up um, when you guys were talking about the mid band. I guess that the nickname is is Sub Six. For midband, so you know that's a a good way to think about it, and probably is going to be the most uh, affordable band for many of these folks to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go through the through this five G dur- journey, I think that midband is where we're going to settle on for a lot of the things. But uh, I think the interesting band is is the next one, which gets yeah. up to twenty four. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're really starting to take technology in a different level when, once we get there. So um, when you look at the low, the mid, and and basically the high, it's uh, it, it's an incredible jump. Um, and and what, what I was mentioning earlier about 5G is just not one thing and there are different levels. When you think about it like that, it really starts to me make sense that that top band um, it, it's going to make a difference in, in what what we do. A lot of this stuff, right? I was thinking, you know, if Manhattan has driverless cars all over the place and five G goes down for an hour, good lord, it's <laughs> chaos.
0: Right? <laughs> Think about it this way: like you're you're in the city where it's five G five G, right? And then the car goes whatever the whatever the city line is, and it drops to midband, and all of yeah. a sudden it. That would be a bad outcome, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. right, right. So. <laughs> switch off. So yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to start thinking. I mean, it's gonna be a different conversation. Like, I think 5G will have sort of two flavors. There'll be a latency conversation, and then there'll be a a download conversation, right? So, like, the download doesn't have as much implication as the latency one does, right? That, and I think that'll become you know another demarcation point in all of this. Um, so many different things to think about really it's it's really cool again why i love this business and you know the other gift of technology it's it's it is what recreates our economy constantly you know like constantly there's a new economy because of some innovation and this is this is the next one you know this will be where tremendous investment goes you know because that's where the opportunity will be and that's for all those forward thinking those future elon musks this is where it is
1: we're one step closer to the Jetsons and flying yep. cars.
0: That's one right. one step
1: closer, and that's
0: what we well, What's the name of the dog? I forget.
1: Uh, the Jetson Elmo? dog. Elmo?
0: Red bro. I don't
1: remember. We'll no, look I'm, that up for
2: next time.
0: It's not yeah. Hawaii. It's not Hawaii. No, it's that's not. The, All right.
2: That's for the Jetsons
1: podcast, right?
0: That's, that's right. right. I love, Let's do Jetsons. that. Yep.
1: Okay. How close are we to the Jetsons?
0: That could be, that could be one. <laughs> Like it, awesome. All right. Well, I see that we're at the the top of the hour. Um, Dylan, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Fascinating conversation. Um, Really good stuff. And uh, for all those listening, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one.
1: Talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone.